Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Come on, side, side, What's good, y'all? This is Ed Lover. This is Come On, Son, the podcast oversaw by the one and only Combat Jack. Uh, I call this episode Memphis What the Fuck. Um, we all been seeing what's going on with Tyree Nichols, right? We all we all saw it. It's so disheartening. It's so disrespectful. It's so sad. It takes us all to a strange place. It took me back to Rodney King. It took me back to the riots in South Central Los Angeles. It made me think about my own son, I'm the father of one boy and four girls. And it absolutely made me think about my son. My son lives in Tallahassee where he works and go to school. And it made me wonder what would I feel like as a father after that happened to my son. I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I live in the state of Georgia. I have a concealed carry license and I have several firearms and several thousands of rounds of ammunition. And I wonder what I've went ham. I wonder would I have gotten to a car and driven to Memphis and just started murdering police. But I don't think that's I think that's something that my instincts would have wanted me to do. But I don't think I would have done it because I know a lot of police. My friend Phil Lights, who's an attorney right now, is a former New York City police officer. My brother Kelvin is a former New York City police officer. My man Patrick Blank is still on the New York City police force. My man Joe Miles, former New York City police Officer, my man Call, former New York City police officer. I know good cops. And it's not the individual cops' fault. What we're talking about is institutionalized racism that has been going on with the police departments all across the world, all across the United States for centuries and decades and days and weeks and months and years and seconds. There's always a problem with the police department and African-Americans. Always a problem. There's so many of us that have, and when I say us, I mean African-Americans. There's so many of us that have either been bullied or beaten or killed by the police departments across the country that we stop remembering each and every person's name. You would have thought, that any person with any kind of common sense, after George Floyd, this would 
stop happening. But it hasn't stopped happening. Because they just don't give a fuck. We don't want to hear the Blue Lives Matter shit because it's not happening to the boys in blue as much as it happens to black people. Black Lives Matter. Yeah, we can go on and, and, and I can have a whole nother hour of a discussion with you guys about how black lives need to matter to us if it's going to matter to other people. We all know that that's true. I don't want to hear the white lives matter shit. I don't want to hear the all lives matter shit. It's not happening to other people the way it seems to be happening to us. Now, once this stuff starts hitting social media, we all found out about Tyree Nichols. And then here comes the bullshit. Oh, Tyree was working for FedEx and one of the officers, ex-wife, worked with FedEx and then Tyree was messing with her. That's why they drug him out the car and killed him. Kind of sensitive ass thug of you. Then we find out that Tyree Nichols' father said, stepfather said, no, that's not true. But I saw everybody doing commentary on it. Everybody was doing commentary on it. And then here's another question about the case. There was a white police officer that tased him, but the five that were immediately fired and brought up on charges were black. Now they go back and bringing the white boy up on disciplinary charges. They're bringing the fire uh, people that, uh, and the EMT workers that arrived on the scene up on charges, disciplinary charges for not acting in a concerned manner. They were there. They didn't get that man no kind of medical attention. None. Everybody walked around high-fiving and fist-bumping and, and, and bumping their chests out, puffing their chests out. The most disgusting thing I think I've seen since the Rodney King. And I've seen some disgusting shit. And we all trying to wonder, when is it going to stop? That's what we wonder every day. I, and you know you got on body cam. You know you have to activate your body cameras. You know that. And you still did this shit? Like, do y'all really feel like police are above the law? That you know that you're wearing body cam? And you know they have to be on. And this is what you decide to do in front of the world. You ruined Tyree Nichols, ended his life, ruined his mother's life, ruined his stepfather's life, ruined his siblings' lives, his aunties, his uncles, his cousins. You fucked up everybody's shit on a traffic stop that we still don't know why you stopped him in the first place. And then you said, well, he ran. Okay. He's scared. I've run from the police before and I didn't do anything because they came running after me. So I took off scared. Your first reaction is to run because you know there's a possibility that you could get killed. And please stop giving us that you fit the description shit. We're tired of it. 
That has always been the cop's excuse for fucking us up. We fit the description of somebody that they were looking for. We always fit the description. How come white boys don't fit the description the way we fit the description? If anybody does not believe that this is being purposely done to cut down the amount of black men in America, I feel bad for you. If you don't see this conspiracy, and I'm not the king of conspiracy theorists, but when things come out later on and you see how the war on drugs under Reagan was nothing more than a war on us, how they decimated the black family, how they put black people in jail, even under Clinton, who everybody thought was a super dope-ass president, but more of us went to jail under Clinton's presidency than any other time in the United States, under that three-strike law, under the mandatory drug sentencing, where people were getting more time for a bag of crack than dudes that had two, three, four kilos of powder cocaine. Because crack was what the black dudes and the black women and the black children were dealing with. Crack. The powder is what the white boys had. So a white boy that could come in with five bags of powder was getting way less time than somebody with two crack rocks. You don't see the difference there? Now is Colin Kaepernick crazy? Let me tell you, San Francisco 49ers, there's a curse on your team. I'm telling you, I call it the Kaepernick curse. I've seen a meme where Kaepernick had his had the fingers out, kind of like Whoopi Goldberg in the color purple. That until you do right by me type of thing. That's real. It's real Dale Holyfield right there. I believe that you're going to continue to do well in the regular season, but you're going to get to the playoffs and lose because you did Kaepernick wrong. And the whole entire NFL did Kaepernick wrong. Everybody that was involved in that did Kaepernick wrong. Y'all know it's wrong. You know the police departments are fucked up, for lack of a better term. I was trying to find a clean term for it, but I, I just can't find one. The police departments are fucked up. And I'm going to give you a little bit of my thought process on a, one reason why they're fucked up. First of all, the cops ain't being trained right. They're not being trained right. Not at all. Second of all, every single police department in this country has a different set of rules. Every single police department in this country definitely has a different set of rules. There's a set of rules for if you live in a, a, a place like Georgia, New Jersey, um, a whole lot of different places. I'm not going to I don't I haven't lived everywhere, so I don't know everything. But I can tell you this much. If you live in New Jersey. If you live in Newark, New Jersey. Which is surrounded by a lot of small towns. Newark is the biggest city in the state of New Jersey. There's a Newark Police Department. Now, if you go out of Newark into East Orange, there's the East Orange Police Department. If you go from East Orange into where I used to live, West Orange, there's a West Orange Police Department. There's an Orange Police Department. 
There's a South Orange Police Department and so on and so on and so on. Different police departments, different rules. Now, I grew up in New York City, the five boroughs of New York City. The five boroughs of New York City had one police department. But if you go outside of the five boroughs and you're in Nassau County, each one of those little towns had their own police department and a different set of rules. What kind of force can you use? Each one of them got different set of rules. What kind of deadly force can you use? Each one of them has a different set of rules. How in the world are you supposed to know each and every set of rules? Right here in Georgia, I don't live in the city of Atlanta. I live in one of the outer cities by a city called Smyrna. Smyrna has its own police department. Marietta has its own police department. Lawrenceville has its own police department. College Park has its own police department. And so on, and so on, and so on. Not to mention, you still got to deal with the sheriff. Cobb County Sheriff's Department. Gwinnett County Sheriff's Department. You understand what I'm saying? Each and every one of these towns and municipalities all have their own different police department with their own set of rules. Some of those rules you would never even believe are still in existence. And I'm quite sure it's the same way in North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida. Yeah, there's Miami-Dade Police Department. Then there's the Sheriff's Department. And then you go into the little towns outside of Miami. Each one of them, Fort Lauderdale, got their own police department. And I'm quite sure every town in Fort Lauderdale has their own police department. And they're all governed by a different set of rules. How in the world are we supposed to know every rule for every single police department? How are we even supposed to know every rule for every state? Before Trayvon Martin, I had no idea what a stand your ground law was. It was very hard to prove self-defense where I come from. Stand your ground? To the point where you could kill somebody? Zimmerman got away with killing Trayvon Martin on a stand-your-ground law in Florida. If we're going to have police, and I know that we need police, I'm I'm not going to stand here and say we don't need police. We need police. There are bad people out there. If something happens to you tonight or today or whenever you're listening to this podcast, the first person you're going to call is the police. But why can't all police have the same rules and regulations, the basic same rules and regulations? Whether or not you can use the chokehold, How much force or deadly force can you use? When is it necessary to pull out your taser? Somebody runs from you? And you tase them? 30,000, 40,000, whatever it is. However many volts you're putting into somebody's body. 
you have driven around as much as I have. You have traveled extensively like I have. You have seen, or probably if you're black, you've been pulled over as many times as I have. And you've seen these big, out of shape, nasty-ass police coming out of their cars, whether it's a sheriff's car, whether it's a that town's police car. You've seen them. You have seen them. So if you run from them, they can taste the shit out of you. They don't know your medical history. They don't know whether or not you have heart problems. They don't know anything. Just because they can't catch you because they're out of shape, they tase you. And how many times do the police have to go back into more training? Why they don't have to why don't they have to have continuous training? Why is it once you get out of whatever it is, the whatever police academy, you good? You're good. Civilian complaints are not taken seriously at all. Not at all. And I know for a fact, being from New York City, we have always said that the police department in New York City is one big gang. And you don't go against your brother. And if you're wondering why the rest of those police officers and EMT workers and all that didn't do anything, because you don't go against the grain. You don't go against, wasn't nobody going to say, yo, man, we need to get him some medical attention right now. Oh, man, stop doing that. They're going to turn around and act like they didn't see it because you don't go against your brother because that's the person that's going to have your back. That's why they don't, they ain't a whole bunch of snitching in the police department. I know from a retired firefighter that used to say, yo, when we used to go into a house and something was on fire, we just tear everything up, sometimes just to see if our axes work. Or we'd steal. Because we're going to get the money back from, from uh, the insurance anyway, so we just take what we wanted. No, a whole lot of police officers is like, listen, if I make this amount of money a year and I walk into bust some major dope dealer and there's $150,000 on the table, we all agree that it was only $50,000 on that table because they didn't make enough money. That's another problem. Why don't they have to go through psychological exams to make sure that they're still fit to be police officers? Why are we still talking about this? Rest in peace to Tyree Nichols. My condolences goes out to the entire Nichols family. I was hurt. I cried about it. It triggered me. It made me call my son. It made me embrace my son. It made me wonder to what point could they push me until I lost it, until I lost my life because of it. How much of this do you think we are supposed to stand for until we strike back. How much praying and how much marching do we have left in us until we just say, fuck it? That's something that every black man that has a son has probably thought of. What would I have done in that situation? As that young man's father, he was 29 years old. 
let's take this back to George Floyd. George Floyd got killed for allegedly passing a bill that was counterfeit that turned out not to be counterfeit. Now the other the other cops are going on trial. That's going to come back up. How many times have you seen cops do this and nothing happens to them? And and everybody just moves on until it happens again and it happens again. There's an amputee. I could stop and look his name up, but you can find it if something happened to amputee. Somebody else got killed in California. All black, all at the hands of the police. And I think the shocking part of the Tyree Nichols case is, is five black cops. The white boy jumped in just to be down. The five black cops did this. They applauded each other. They fist bumped each other. They laughed about it. One of them took pictures. Hold him up. Punch him in his face with his hands handcuffed behind his back. Hold him up. I'm a baton your motherfucking ass to death or whatever he said. Is this what we are? Is this what we are? We want how do we feel? And I often say this to these so-called thugs out here. How do you think? that you did something if five or six of y'all jump on one person? How do, you, how do you give yourself props for that? And the mentality that was shown by the police on Tyree Nichols is the same mentality that regular dudes that ain't police show. Yeah, we fucked him up. We fucked him up. It was six, seven of y'all, and it was just him. How, how do you find joy out of that punk ass shit? If you were so bad, why don't you just let your man fight him? And if your man knock him out, then fine. If they do a head-up fight and your man's win, then tap your man on the back. But six of y'all jumped on him, stomped him, punched him, kicked him. And you fist bumping each other, high-fiving, jumping up in the air like a, like a basketball player scored the winning shot and, and chest bumping each other like you just scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. That's some cowardice, punk-ass shit. In the words of T.K. Kirkland, who raised you? Because I wasn't raised like that, and I ain't raised my son like that. There's no win in jumping somebody. See, the problem with this generation is, and yeah, I'm, I'm on my shit right now. So I'm going to tell y'all part of the problem with this generation. And although I got a lot of love and respect and admiration for this generation. I loved seeing y'all go get your money legitimately. Get paid, young nigga, get paid. I like to see my artists getting way more money than we ever got. But part of the problem is, like T.K. Kirkland says, who raised you? You have no sense of taking an L. We have a sense of taking an L because most of our fights back in the days were one-on-one fights. Yo, everybody hold hands. Y'all step in a circle, handle y'all shit like men. And your knuckle game had to be tight. But see, here go the problem. 
social media. When I had a fight, there was nobody videotaping it. So if I took an L, only the people that were around there to see me take the L were able to talk about it. Yo, Ed's, Ed had a fight with, with Ed down the block. Yeah, there was two Eds on my block. Yeah, Edward Brown fucked him up. But still, I lived to see another day. And then me and Edward Brown would probably be mad at each other for a little while. But eventually, we play basketball together again. Or we play two-hand touchdown again. Or we play baseball or, or, waff, or wiffle ball again. Nobody died. And there was a lesson to be learned. And especially for me, because I was the one that was popping shit. So I got my ass beat. But it made a man out of me. Nowadays, there's so many cameras and there's so many phones that you are willing, you are so afraid that you're going to be a viral moment that you're willing to kill somebody over some shit that should have never went down in the first place because y'all run off of emotions. You run off of emotions. A lot of you so-called men out, out there nowadays, you're more like girls. Women are supposed to be more emotional than men. Men supposed to run off of logic. You know what, bruh? I ain't going to hold you. That ain't even worth me fighting about. I'm going I'm to go ahead and get up out of here. Nah, you disrespected me. That's, a, that's an emotional reaction. Nobody touched you. Nobody pushed you. Nobody knocked you down. You just feel disrespected. So you feel like your manhood is being snatched away from you. So you feel like you have to do something. That's what those five punk-ass cops did. Now they're going to suffer for the rest of their life and Tyree Nichols' moms and pops don't have a son that's coming home because them fuckers ran off of emotion. Off of emotion. Look at the age of them cops. They ain't that age range I'm talking about. Pussy-ass fucks running off emotion. If you're going to lock them up, throw the handcuffs on them and lock them up. There was no reason for that young man to be beaten the way he was. Even if he ran, got you, motherfucker. Clipped up, put him in the back of the squad car. There goes some overtime. You ran off of fucking emotions. That's bitch-ass shit. That's what I call a ban. B-A-N, a bitch-ass nigga. And all five of y'all, plus the little white boy who wanted to throw in the show that he's down, you're all bitch-ass niggas. All of you. I'm going to take a break. When I come back, I got some more. Come on, son. The podcast. Rest in peace, Tyree Nichols. Come on, son. What the fuck is the deal? Come on, son. Cartier, Rolex, Gucci, Prada, Jordan, Adidas, Bottega Veneta. At eBay, it's real. Or it's getting a fake out. eBay's team of luxury authenticators are making sure... You never get faked over again. Watches inspected by watch aficionados. Sneakers checked by legit sneakerheads. Handbags examined by handbag connoisseurs. And jewelry in the scope of expert gemologists. These authenticators are leaders in their field with meticulous eyes for making sure your piece arrives as authentic as your style and worthy of your collection. As experts, they know the true difference between a real 
and a fake. Real carries that rare distinguished feel, the weight of pure platinum, exquisite scent of Togo leather, the tight stitching on a pair of dunks, the brilliance of real diamonds. So rest assured, your Rolex moves just like a Rolex should, and that colorway on your Jordan Royals will always be on point. The details inspected, the fakes rejected. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay's authenticity guarantee. Everyone deserves real. Visit ebay.com for terms. Come on, son. What the fuck is the deal? Come on, son. Welcome back to Come On, Son, the podcast. I hadn't spoken on that, so I felt like I needed to say something about it. There's a whole lot of stuff going on also that I want to talk about to y'all real quick. I saw this interview with uh, Shannon Sharp with Chad Ochocinco Johnson, who said he never spent money on frivolous crap during his playing days and that all his jewelry was fake. Well, let me tell you something. He ain't the only one. He's just the first one to admit it. You see what I'm talking about, about that pride? Now, this man has retained 89% of his earnings, and he's earned millions. He was 83% or 89%, one of the two, he said. But he did not spend his money on frivolous bullshit. He's like, what is the point of me spending $500,000 on a fucking car? And he's absolutely right. He's not in the 1%. I mean, at the time he was, but he ain't in the... 0.01% where he got so much money that he can't fuck it up. Go ask MC Hammer as an example of what not to do when you get money, when you attain that kind of wealth. When he went out and bought thoroughbred horses, kept everybody on the payroll, big ass house in in the area that you couldn't even get that kind of money for a house for, cards, jewelry, all of that shit. All of it. Go go ask Suge Knight, who had a $100 million company, who fucked it off. All of it. If you don't have that, if you don't have wealth that's going to last generational wealth, it don't even make no sense going out and doing no shit like that. Because when you go to sell the shit back, when the new one come, they're giving you a fraction of what you paid for it. Take it from a person that spent $125,000 on a Mercedes-Benz at S550. The first year the S550 came out. All-wheel drive. Did the interior to the exact way I wanted the interior. The walnut interior. You know, the walnut on the steering wheel and on the dash and on on the sides and all of that beautiful shit. Three years later, I went to trade it in because I wanted a coupe. I had never had a coupe before. Went right back to the same guy, the salesman, that sold me the the car. Same dude. Hey, man, I can give you about sixty for it. $60,000? Nobody told us how to handle money when we got some. Because nobody in my family ever had that kind of money. So what were they going to teach me? I just find out that I just find that what Chad Ochocinco is saying that more people need to do that, and especially football players. And I'm going to tell you why it's so important for football players. There's no guaranteed contracts in professional football. So they live off their bonuses and the money that they make outside of football because when football is over, it's over. 
and a lot of those football players end up broke. There was a documentary called Broke. You could probably find it on the internet. And football players are the worst ones. And basketball players, like, uh, a lot of them end up broke because they spend their money on some stupid shit. And he ain't the only one running around here with fake jewelry on, y'all. And anybody out there that's smart, your shit should be fake. It should be. It should be. The days of us going to spend all this money at Jacob, the jeweler, is long gone. We're not doing that no more. No matter what these these jewelry guys say to you, oh, you could take this for now, but you owe me $350,000, that is the most ridiculous thing I ever heard of in my life. Don't do that shit no more. Please don't do that no more. Did y'all hear that there's going to be a, another bad boys? Will Smith and, and, and Martin Lawrence. Did y'all hear about that? Bad Boys 4 is coming. It's, it's just beneficial. Are, is anybody really, really, like, I think um, what Will did to Chris Rock is fucking Will up more than it fucking up Chris Rock. Because Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle was just on tour. Chris Rock was just here in Atlanta doing two shows on the one night only at the Atlanta Comedy Theater. I was working that night on the visuals for Come On Son, so I wasn't able to attend that show. But it seems like it's not hurting Chris. It's hurting Will the most because emancipation just did not work. And I don't know if it's this, that, that we don't want to see another slave movie, which I don't, or we just right now ain't fucking with Will Smith because the attitude behind the whole slap and everything was just dead-ass wrong. It was too much, too little, and it was damn... Too late. And you got to understand who you were dealing with. You were dealing with The Rock, Chris Rock, and The Rock family. I'm a Brooklyn kids, yo. I mean, I'd salute them. You know, we've all had that, what we would have done in that situation. Salute him for having the poise. But the shit is even working for him, and he still has not told his entire side of the story yet. And I don't know if the general public that loved Will so much, even Eddie Murphy made a joke out of it. I don't know if they just willing to just accept Will anymore. It's going to take some time. Definitely. Here's something else that I found interesting, y'all. 78% of pet owners think that their pets are huge sports fans and have favorite athletes. Come on, son. Your pet has a favorite athlete. And a favorite team, like your pet, your dog, or your cat, or your gerbil, or your hamster, goes into the closet and put that shit on themselves, right? Come on, son. The fuck out of here with that shit. Now, I know the canine community, when it comes to rappers, their favorite is DMX and Snoop. Because the dogs love the dogs. It's the dog. I love the dog. Come on, son. Don't nobody believe that shit. You know what? When they ask them questions, them, them, is, them is them fucking crazy pet owner questions. Oh, yeah, my oh, my dog loves the Dallas Cowboys. Fuck out of here. Your dog don't give a fuck about the Dallas Cowboys, yo. Did y'all notice? I did something else that I found. A third of adults still need their parents' help to pay at least one bill. Yeah, I saw that statistic the other day. One third of adults still need their parents help to pay at least one bill. Come on, son. 
I know mine do. I know for sure there. Yeah, at least a couple of mine do always hit me up for some bill money. Yeah. But I'm like, how could that be true at all when a third of adults still live with their parents? <laughs> You're still in the house. You in the house asking me to help you pay a bill? Yeah. Let me tell you what I really feel about this. I think sometimes these kids fuck their money up on shit and lean on us to clean up their mess because they didn't properly budget their money the way they were supposed to, son. I believe that shit. Come on, son. That's crazy, that third of adults. Now, an adult meaning over 21. You still need your parents' help to pay one bill? Ah, back to T.K. Kirkland, who raised you. Now, here's something else that I found. I know this is absolutely true. Goodbye, son. Making less than $30,000 a year. <laughs> I'm laughing, y'all. It's a deal breaker for daters. That's some daters now. These new ones, the new ones, y'all know what I'm talking about because I'm not dating. They make If you making under $30,000 a year, that's, that's a deal breaker for you. That's what they're saying. Nah, I can't, I can't date nobody that's making less than $30,000 a year, and especially these newfound big eyelash ass bitches out here. I know it's a deal breaker for them because they just want somebody to fucking take care of them and take them out to eat and buy them shit. And shit, if you're making less than $30,000 a year, you can't do that. You can't do that at all. But how about this is a deal breaker? How about you bringing your three-month-old out to get dropped off at his father's house on the first date? That's happened to me. Come on, son. That happened to me back in my single days. I was trying to date this chick. I pull up to her house for the first date. Being the gentleman that I am, ring the doorbell. They tell me she'll be out in a few. I said, okay. I seen her coming. And then she hits the stairs, and I'm noticing as I get out the car to open the car door for her, she has a toddler in her arms. Not even a toddler. This kid was like three months. And I knew that she had a child. I didn't hold that against her because I had child children at the time. But three months. Can you drop, can we drop the baby off? I'm like, don't you, your mom's right in the house? Oh, she said she ain't, she ain't babysitting tonight. So where are you planning on taking this child? Your sister's house, brother's house? No, to, to, her, to, to his father's house. Hell fucking no. No, 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 no. No. No, that was the end of that. No, hell no, hell no. You want me to pull up in front of your baby father's house with his child and I'm going out on a date with you? Do I look like Boo Boo the goddamn fool? Are you trying to get me murdered so he can get in the kid? It's only three months, y'all. No, fuck out of here, son. Come on, son. I wasn't that dumb. Nah. Now, you know what I said? I said, then it's not a good night. It's not a good night for you. No, no, we can do it. I said, nah, it's not. It's not a good night. It's not a good night. It's not. A, this is not. And she she was bad. Fat ass, titties, good looking. Pretty smart. Shit was a deal breaker for me. I never, I had never seen her again. And you know who you are. And you know I'm telling the truth. I never seen her. I didn't call her no more. She called a few times. I wouldn't even return the call. Nah, you try to, uh-uh, you got me fucked up, as they like to say. Nah, fuck out of here. Come on, son.
Here's something else that I found. I don't know if y'all heard this or not. Flavor Flav said that he survived a six-year crack addiction and that he was spending $2,400 a day on crack. Give up, son. $2,400 a day? So you mean every time y'all did a show, you used your money for six years to buy crack cocaine? Did y'all know that Flavor Flav had a crack addiction? I did. Dre did. T-Money did. The cameraman at Yom TV Raps knew it. Because Public Enemy came one live Friday to perform and Flavor Flav, Chuck said, five holes said freeze. And Flav had a habit of jumping up in the air and coming down, spread his arms out and freezing. Till I got numb and then Chuck would keep going and Flav would stay in that position until they got to the chorus and crack cocaine fell out of his pocket. And we all saw it. And the dude that would ran around with Flav all the time, who was his assistant, tried to pick it up quickly. But we saw that shit. It was crack cocaine. So I think Flav got his goddamn years wrong because this is in the 90s. So when did he get off of crack cocaine? Was he on crack cocaine when he was doing Flavor of Love? When did he beat the crack cocaine? Because I remember when Flav was on coke and crack because Chuck cussed his ass out that same day when they went back in the dressing room. I remember that shit vividly. When did you stop using crack? Come on, son. $2,400 a day for six years. That's a lot of fucking money, yo. Crack, the real public enemy. <laughs> that shit crazy, man. That shit is crazy. So listen, I have finally jumped into the video part of Come On, Son. Um, we're going to be dropping new episodes every Thursday. Uh, so far I have, I gave y'all a little bit of, of Capone, the gangster comedy last week. Next week, I'm going to give you the whole thing. I had everybody from Lil Scrappy to Rich Dollars and Cisco to T.S. Madison to Miss Deb, Deb Antney. It's going to be some really good stuff, and it looks really good. It looks clean. Um, put my heart and soul into this. So y'all look out for it. It's Come On, Son, the podcast, the video version. It'll be on Ed Lover Presents Come On, Son on Facebook. It'll be on YouTube. I hope y'all enjoy it. I hope you repost it. I hope that you know you look for it and that you just embrace it the way you guys have been embracing me for so very long. My name is Ed Lover. This is Kibba Outside, the podcast. Got nothing but love for y'all. Keep God first. Everything else will fall into place. I'll talk at you, with you, to you, and about your ass next Thursday. Be good if you can. Be good. Be careful. If you can, be careful. Kibba said, Stay away from fucking Memphis, Tennessee. Until the next time we ride together, slide together, laugh out loud together, Ed Lover saying, God bless each and every one of y'all. Thank y'all so much for tuning me in and never tuning me out. I give you the good shit and never the bullshit. Right here on Come On Side, the podcast. I love y'all more than cook food. Take care of yourselves and be safe out there. Until next Thursday. Bye-bye.
Come on, son, son. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out CigarsInternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced, engineered, and edited by Cam Quotes and Krista Hayes. Recorded out of Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast brought to you by Ed Lover. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.